0: Well, last week, and now toward the end of last week, I felt like when I started looking at the time, and I thought, "I thought, oh my word, I, I think I got off into the, of the weeds and kind of got bogged down, but anyway, uh, hopefully you got something out of that last week. But I started sharing with you last week about our choices and choosing our path, and, and sometimes we find ourselves in a rut, and I really enjoyed, you know, this one... Um, sign that I saw that was in, in Alaska that, that said, listen, uh, choose your rut carefully because you'll be in it for the next 50 miles. And I thought, wow, I don't know if I want to be up in that country. You know, <laughs> you're going to be in that rut. You better choose the right one and where you're going. But I, I shared with you a, a story of where Kathy had, she was away from our house, 50 miles away, visiting her mom and a big heavy snowstorm hit out in West Texas, which was really rare. I mean, some years you don't even see a snowflake, except for the snowflakes that move down there. And you just, uh, we, (laughs) (laughs) hey, y'all can edit that out of the video, you know. We love you guys. But uh, anyway, it was falling so heavy that I I was going to drive over and pick her up and bring her home. And it was 50 miles away. And I took off in our car. And I soon realized that I needed something different because it was bouncing around and the ruts that were already in the road, and where there wasn't ruts, it wasn't doing very good. And so I drove back home and got my welding truck with that big heavy steel bed and that welding machine on it, and I started making my own ruts. And I, 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 that's what I wanted to do: is make my own ruts, and then people could follow me, you know, behind that dually, and and that was a good thing. And so, you know, that to me, that had a an implication of, I want to set the, the pathway for other people to follow. You know, I think that should be a part of our heart as well. It is as our church, and maybe you as an individual, that, man, the path that you leave, other people should be able to follow. You parents, sure enough, ought to be driving your one-ton so that your kids can follow you, right? And so, you know, in that snowstorm, I wanted to provide the way. I wanted to provide my own ruts. Let me give you a definition of a rut. It's a furrow or a track in the ground made by passage of a vehicle or vehicles. So it's a pathway. Maybe rut might not be the best word used tonight. Maybe a, a pathway or a trail that we would leave or however it fits better with you. Maybe you don't like the word rut because you've been in one so long you need some help getting out of it, okay? Uh, but that's okay. I'm just talking about our choices tonight. And it's so funny. We get in into these pathways and We fall into these paths, and we fall in these ruts, not even realizing at times that we're in that track, you know? And I remember that brings to mind a story, uh, and I I share stories. I got stories, man. I'm loaded up. But it's so impactful how these things, you know, I see things in them in in life, and it's exciting. But anyway, this is a funny story. I have an older brother that's just 13 months older than me. I guess they kind of like they call us like Irish twins. Because we're so close in age, it's almost like being twins. We we raised, we grew up together and did everything together. Anyway, he went into truck driving, retired as a truck driver. And that became his profession. And, and so I loved hearing the stories because he drove from L.A. to Dallas every week. Every week, making that, tr- and boy, truck drivers, man, stuff happens to truck drivers. Some of them, it's his fault. But anyway, it's, uh, but anyway, he's he's in this, he got, fell into a place out toward L.A. somewhere. The fog was so heavy, he couldn't see where he was going. He was having trouble seeing the line of Stephen on the road, but he traveled it so many times, he knew right where he was. He knew the exit coming up was going to lead into a a parking area, you know, and he knew he could just say, I'm just going to pull over here. I'm gonna get in my sleeper and I'm just gonna sleep until this fog passes. You know what I'm saying? And that was wisdom on his part because you don't want to wreck an eighteen wheeler out on you know on the highway. And so he's making his creeping his way over and he creeped over off the road and he creeped into this parking area and went into this you know this shopping center and all that. And he's thought, like, okay, and he sat there and they leave their trucks running, and he crawls in the sleeper and he, I'm gonna to go to sleep. And so here in a minute, here's this. On his door, it's like, what, man, what in the world? And it kept rapping at the door. And he went out there, and there's three or four men standing outside of his door. What in the world? They said, what's wrong? What's wrong? Is there something wrong? And he said, what are you talking about? And he looked behind his cab, and there was a whole row of cars lined up way back, following him. They wondered, why have you stopped? You know, we we need to be going. (laughs) They were following his tracks. That big 18-wheeler was leading the way, man. What's wrong with you? Nothing wrong man. I'm taking a nap. Y'all do what you want to do. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes it, that we sometimes get into these, these tracks and not even aware of what we're doing and just following life's highway and going along. And so I, I see two possible paths for us as Christians. You know, it's the deeply often traveled one where there's little possibility to... To merge off of it, to, to take a different path, or you know, before you know it, it's like you, before you know it, life is over, or life is so far down the road that you've missed so many opportunities. You haven't looked for any ways to stay off of this one rut of a path, just doing life day in and day out. And, and that's one of the paths that we can take. I don't want to have any regrets in life. Or we, the second way is the ones where we allow us to explore exciting possibilities of being led by the Holy Spirit of God. I want on that track. If that's a rut, I want to fall into that one. And so uh, I want to look over here to Nehemiah, and let's look at him. Here's someone that's going to make his own pathway. If you know the story of Nehemiah, he had a heart for the children of Israel. He was not in Jerusalem at the time. He was serving a, a, a king of another nation and he was, had some brothers that came, th- came through, and he asked them about Jerusalem. What is the state of Jerusalem? And they said, it's sad shape, man. I mean, the enemy has come in. The walls are torn down. And, and it just went on and on about how they were being devastated by their enemies. And his heart was broken for uh, his people and the, 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 the city of Jerusalem. And, and so he, he's thinking, man, I, God, I want to intercede. And so we pick this up in verse 11. And let's look at his prayer here. His prayer was, O Lord, I beseech you, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and to prosper. So when we look at this, we see Nehemiah with a purpose. He had a purpose and a passion and a direction he wanted to go, and he was inviting others to go with him, to follow him down the same pathway, and that was to provide a place of refuge and safety for the children of Israel in Jerusalem by rebuilding the walls. But see, he had this purpose in his heart. And, and of course, another translation is, Lord, give your servant success. He, we desire to fear your name and to prosper. You know, it's okay to ask God that you prosper what you lay your hand to. Amen. 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 And so Nehemiah, he, had, he was in this routine of just doing life. Just doing life. He was the king's cupbearer. And he's just doing life. And, and sometimes we need to discover the joy of doing something different and breaking out into a different direction and finding the enrichment of diversity in our life. You know, we just sometimes people just get into this routine of life. Before you know it, you know when he's older, he's still the cupbearer to the king. And, and not accomplishing much of anything with the purpose and plans of God in his life. We need to discover the value of getting out of the rut that's going nowhere. You say, Pastor, what kind of rut are you talking about? I'm talking about the rut of like, legalism, the, the rut of religion. Let me hit home a little more. The rut of not going to get involved. <laughs> the, the rut of I've got other things to do. I've got better things to do than go down there and spend time serving at the church. Come on. It's kind of quiet. Okay, I don't hear a whole lot of okay, amens. But, you know, <clears throat> I want to share with you tonight. Last week, I talked to you about making that choice. I want to talk to you about some of the pathways that you and I can leave for those that are following us. Um, you know, the next generation. Somebody's got to tell them. Somebody's got to lead them. We need to leave a legacy behind for our children and our grandchildren and those following behind us, right? Right? And I want to talk to you about a few of those trails. Number one, Nehemiah 8, in verse 1, in the description, in this story, this little situation right here, it said, All the people gathered themselves together as one man. They were one, as one man in purpose and desire and passion. You know, if we're going to leave a trail, one of the trails we need to leave behind is a trail of unity, That where we walk in unity. And there's so many scriptures so many passages, and so many people that can preach it better than me. Colossians says, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And I want to say, well, you know, what does unity look like? We can all agree, yeah, we need to be in unity. I mean, that's, that's awesome. We need to be, what does that look like exactly? What does that look like for you and I right here in Victor Life Church what would that look like? Well, part of our leadership covenant, in case you didn't know, part of our leadership covenant, was about it's about commitment, not participate in nor be a party to church splits. That's where the rubber meets the road. Oh, it's good to be in unity. What about when it rubs you wrong? Maybe you don't understand the decisions that administration is making. Maybe you don't understand the hard decisions that some people have to make. What's your decision then? What's your commitment level then? Have You You know, there's times uh, you don't understand, and nor do you need to understand. I don't need to understand some of the stuff going on. I don't want to understand the stuff's going on, praise God. (laughs) These guys do. All I got to do is stay on board, man. Just don't jump ship. One of our other ones is We bind together relationally where divorce is no option. Divorce is no option. I'm part of this body. God brought me here. That's what unity looks like. Are y'all following? That's the practical application. And if people are looking for a pathway, uh, then the impression that we make will be one from unity. Church unity. With our leadership covenant. One and you and I together. And, And listen... When we're going together, it's like a herd trail. A herd trail is a whole lot easier to follow than just a little old game trail. How many hunters do we have in the house? Oh, that, that's all? We're in, in Texas, and that's all we got in here that hunt? Okay. How many fishermen do we have? Oh, that's better. We're by the lake. Okay. Okay. <laughs> But, you know, listen, game trails, they just fluctuate. You ever follow a game trail? They fluctuate. They just go with the terrain just every which way. You can't even follow them half the time. The brush they going. But listen, the, the herds mark the terrain. They mark the terrain. They're too big to miss. And if we want to leave a long-lasting impression or a pathway, then we're going to have to get together on this, you and I. We're going to have to get together where... People, you know, wanting to see the unity, wanting to see the impact. Unity has impact. The greater the unity, the greater the impact. Amen. 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 People should be able to look this way and say, "Well, there's where the herd went." It's a pathway of faith. It's a pathway of unity. Let's go that way. Let's follow the Lord. Let's follow the Lord. Reaching out to people, broadening our dreams and our goals. Let's follow the Lord in standing in faith and leaving a legacy. And let's follow the Lord in raising our ceiling that becomes the basement for the next generation to go off of. Let's provide a herd trail for people to see clearly. And the next thing, too, is let's let's leave a clear map. Let's leave a clear map to follow the Word of God. I love Psalms 119, verse 19. David said, I am but a pilgrim here on earth. How I need a map, and your commands are my chart and guide. I long for your instructions more than I can tell. Listen, when I was in Boy Scouts, I was raised in Boy Scouts. You give me a compass and a map, I can go anywhere. Now, you get me in some of these shopping malls, I'll get lost as a goose, man. <laughs> That's why I need a map. Is there any map right here, baby? I got to see where, where, where we are. But you give me a compass and a map, I can take you anywhere. And you know what? Listen, 60 years ago, over 60 years ago, just for you youngins in here, I discovered a truth. Two plus two equals four. 60 years later, you know what? Two plus two equals four. And if the map of God's word works for us, the map of God's word will work for the next generation. That's why we need to leave a legacy of the word of God for them to follow as a map for their lives. And listen, people, we're going to go to 1 Peter 3. So people are on a highway of life. They're running down the road. They're just doing life. And you know, they're looking for exit signs. And God has given us some indication of what some of those signs that they're looking for are. Look here in 1 Peter 3. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer To every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. People are looking for hope. There's there's pathways of life, roadways of life people are running on where they don't know. They don't have faith. There's such unrest and there are so many challenges. And they're looking for an exit onto hope. And see, you and I can give them that exit. By the word of God. Show them the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. No matter what your life looks like. We can leave that. And there are other exits that we don't want to take. Look at Acts the fifth chapter, 29. Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Listen, don't take that exit where you're 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 obeying men rather than God. Don't take that exit. Because that's a very tempting exit, right? The the pressures and the peer pressures of life. But listen, with God's Word as a guide, we can pass that exit by. Trust God. Believe God. When all else is falling around your ears, trust God. Believe God. If we're going to leave a pathway as a church, we have got to understand the Word of God as a map, a guide that we can faithfully follow. So we're talking about these pathways that we can leave for others to follow. And and listen, it's so important that we discern and truly, truly what is truly from God and not from God. One, we're leaving a trail of unity. That's commitment to one another. We're leaving a clear map to follow. Of the Word of God, we're passing our faith on to the next generation. Who's going to tell them if not you and I? Who's going to tell our kids if we don't pass it on to them? But listen, this last one as a pathway, we've got to learn the value of joy. Now, I want to bring this out tonight. Hopefully, I can clearly share my heart with you about this. There's so many challenges that we're facing today. Nehemiah the eighth chapter. Now, listen. These folks in Jerusalem are going through hard times. The walls of Jerusalem were down. There was no, there was no refuge, no safety. The enemy could come in and ravage them any time they wanted. They couldn't, they couldn't fulfill the anointings on their life because of the enemy that surrounded them. You, didn't, you had merchants and people who were silversmiths and makers of fine jewelry. They couldn't fulfill that, that anointing, that passion because of the enemies that would just steal from them. So you've got to understand the situation they were in. That would be in dire straits, wouldn't you think? And so he said here in Nehemiah 8.10, the people started to catch the vision and the hope. He said, then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength." So the Levites still all the people saying, hold your peace for the day is holy. Neither be ye grieved in the midst of all the challenges, all the possibilities of failure. He's saying the joy of the Lord is your strength in the midst of all that you've lost. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And folks, that, that applies to you and I in this day and time as well, because there's so many who have lost so much. But the word applies today, just as it did then, as our guide. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Now listen, the t- scripture tells us that we are to endure hardship. Is that right? Y'all with me? This means yes. This means no. Y'all had not fallen asleep yet. But this enduring hardship process, it has to be a controlled process. Now hear my heart. Don't get offended at me if you're here and you've, you've been hurt. Something bad's happened just hear me out. Amen. Hear me out. This enduring hardship has to be a controlled process. We, and and, you know, we naturally have regrets and we have pains for missed opportunities, difficult times. Have you ever heard of PTSD? Post-traumatic stress uh, dysfunction. And post-traumatic stress. And I've spent a good bit of time with military and military people, military family that I have. And post-traumatic, it's, it's the stress that comes from trauma. And, folks, you don't have to be in the military to experience trauma, the trauma of loss. Listen, some people losing their job has been traumatic. Some people, you know, losing their home has been traumatic. People suffering abuse... Sexual abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse. It's very traumatic, and it brings a great deal of stress. And one thing that I want to bring out about that is I spent some time sitting down with an Army colonel talking about PTSD and how to help soldiers walk through it and that sort of thing. He says everybody that comes back from combat has post-traumatic stress. Every single one of them. The stress of it. It's when it gets dysfunctional is when there's a problem we gotta, we got to head that off so it doesn't mess their lives up. Are you all following? And yes. well, I thought, man, that applies to other people as well, not just military. Yeah. And there could be people in here tonight, even in here, or that may be listening at some point online, that you've had PTS, post-traumatic stress. Something very traumatic has impacted your life, and it's been very stressful for you. But see, this enduring hardship needs to be a controlled situation. You've got to get past the grieving and the sorrow of our lives. I think we naturally understand this. Sometimes we don't know how to do that. Sometimes we don't know how to make it. I'll share another scripture with you here in a moment about that. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord. We have this grieving process. We we have hope. We're not like the world without hope, but we do mourn. We do grieve. Amen? Amen. But this grieving process in our lives, if we get locked into this grieving process, then what we can do is we get into a victim mentality. See, if you take that exit, then Satan's going to drive you down that road, and you don't want to go down that road. We want to recover. We want to get past it. And we need to know how. We need to manage it. We don't want to be dysfunctional. Without that joy, we stay exited from God's pathway in our life. You've heard these statements before. Satan can't steal your joy. He can't steal your life. Right? Satan can't steal your joy. uh, you, You will never lose your way. And you'll be able to speak to your mountains. Now listen, I want to share this thing. This a few things here that I pray that I can get it across. It's something that was rolling around in my heart. You know, when we talk about life, every action, with every action, there's a reaction or a result. Every event in your life produces something in your life. Some of them need to be reversed or overwritten. Amen? And we're talking about this process of enduring hardship, um, and, you know, when I, when I think about enduring a hardship, if I'm going through something, I, and I don't, don't take this wrong, but if I'm going through a particular thing, I would really love to know who else made it through it. <laughs> are, are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, if, if you've gone through it and you survived it, I want to hear what you did. I want to hear how you did it. I don't want some 18-year-old kid telling me how to adapt to my children growing as adults and how to interact with them as adults today. They don't have any idea, (laughs) right? Come on, as a counselor. I read this hat, had a statement on this hat, and it said, please forgive the language, but it says, when you're going through hell, don't stop. And people they don't know want to hear that you're going through something they want to know how you got through it how'd you come out on the other side right how did you how did you deal with the hardship that impacted your life that traumatic situation that you're facing and in Romans five verse three through five not only that now listen, Let me before I read this, the reason I made that statement was when I read about Paul, I look at this guy and I look at these disciples and the apostles and all that they went through, absolutely amazing that they made it through. Some of us would have broken run, right? I mean, the things that they endured for your and I's sakes, for us. So I pay attention to them when they start talking to me. And they're talking to me through the Word of God. Yeah. And there's some principles in here that He, he said in, in Romans the fifth chapter that I, I believe is part of the growing process, the enduring hardship, but also maturing process for you and I. I've gone through some things and I had to grow up. Manhood. Facing manhood, you know, there's some things you you as men you 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 have to man up. You have to have hearts of valor. And you have to gird up your loins and act like a man. But it didn't come easy. <laughs> right? Amen. Now, here's what he said in Romans 5, verse 3. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it had to be somebody that got something out of it to say something like that. He said, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance. And so I thought, well, okay, what's endurance? Endurance is strengthened through survival. When you've gone through something and you've made it through, you can be stronger on the other side because you survived it. And then he said endurance produces character. My definition of character is an awareness of your capacity and your capabilities. When you make it through something difficult, you suddenly realize I made it beyond what I thought I could make it. I didn't think I could get through this, but I did. I made it through. That's character. And character produces hope. Hope is life, life awareness, knowledge that allows you to look forward with sagacity. See, once you make it through a challenge like that, and it builds endurance and character and this hope that you can look down the road And say, no matter what comes, I know through the strength of Jesus, I can make it through. See, there's something different from preaching it and knowing it and living it. That's where I've walked it out. I've preached it for years, but I had to live it for a while. And I gained hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit and has been given to us. Now let me back up a few verses in the first part of that chapter. Romans, the fifth chapter. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 2. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So we've gained access into this grace. And if you start reading about grace another other scriptures in, in, in Peter... Second Peter says that we are to grow in grace. Well, we've heard the definition of uh, my pastor, Pastor Duane, who initially brought it to us, that grace is the ability to do what you cannot do in and of yourself and to accomplish what you cannot accomplish in and of yourself. That's God's grace. The ability to, you can't do something in and of yourself. God gives you that grace. And I, and I look at that and I said, well, we're supposed to grow in grace? Well, I, you know, how do I grow in something when I don't understand what it looks like? Are you all following me? Yeah. So I'm that kind of guy that I, I need the practical application of the Word of God. That's why it's so good to be in a teaching church. Where you have ministers and people who teach the Word of God and train us. So I looked at that, the giving of grace, the practical application, and I'm going to read this as what the Lord spoke to me. He said, Jesus not only ensures that you never run alone, but he is always one step ahead to show you the most effective route, which is clear of sin and shame. He picks you up when you fall, gives you wisdom for the journey, and encourages you every step of the way. You know, and while the the race of life is full of trials, hardships, and sufferings, you don't have to run alone. Fix your eyes on Jesus and let Him show you the way. He has a plan for your life. How do I do that? I look to Jesus. How do I grow in grace? I draw closer to Jesus and I let Him show me the way. It's so easy. We miss it. Come on. Man, if you've never met Jesus tonight you're not. My hope is in Jesus because He's the champion of my faith. He has the lay of the land. You know, we need to just take time every day to sit still and be in the Lord's presence, to be in the Lord's presence. I'm trying to give you some practical I hope uh, let me give you an example. For me to do the things i can't do in and of myself is to serve god i was asked to go to the hospital once in, in brownwood go down to the er and pray for a woman named karen and so i went down i said do you have a karen in here i, I need to pray for her i've been asked to come pray for karen they said yeah took me down to another room I walked in, and this was supposed to be a young woman about in her 30s, early 30s. This was a woman way up in her years, probably close to 80. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I came here to pray for for Karen. And she said, I'm Karen. I said, really? And, And so she said, listen, I am so glad you're here. Would you please pray for my husband? He's over in the nursing home. I'm over here. I can't see him, and he's dying. That was a God-ordained opportunity. I followed Jesus to the ER, and His grace was poured out in my life to be able to accomplish God's will for that woman, to do things I couldn't do in and of myself. I couldn't see that she needed prayer. I couldn't see that her heart was crying out to God, wanting someone to pray for her husband. Are you all following how, how simple that can be, that we walk in God's grace and be empowered by the Lord Jesus leading us, keeping our eyes on Him? and we'll be able to do things we couldn't do in and of ourselves simply by following the Lord Jesus Christ. And His grace can be multiplied into our life as we draw closer to Jesus. Amen? And one last thing, you know. Truly, I think that, you know, how how can we help someone else if we've not helped ourselves in the condition of our mind? The Lord helped me out in a slump, and I'm going to close with this scripture. I don't think I gave it to the guys in the back, so guys, forgive me. <laughs> y'all have to walk it, forgiveness, right? <laughs> you got to live it out. Hey, y'all on staff, y'all paid to walk it out. Come on. No. <laughs> okay. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. Listen, I, I was in a slump, and um, we we had suffered a good bit bit of loss and extreme hardship. It was. I wouldn't wish that on anybody to go through these things. When you lose loved ones and you lose everything you have, and just all hope is bleeding away, and I'm crying out, Lord, I need your help. I just don't know how to get there. But Lord, I need help. And the Lord gave me a scripture that so encouraged me. And it's over in Proverbs, it's in Proverbs the 18th chapter, in verse 9. And I was reading it one day from an amplified. Bible that I had at home, and I have found that it's not in the other translations that I that I have. You won't find the second half of the verse in, in the King James, New King James, New Living Translation, uh, English Standard Version, or, or any of these other versions, and I, God took it there to show me something. I don't know how it got in the Amplified. <laughs> uh, maybe the Amplified's smarter than the rest of them. I don't know. I always did say it was a woman's translation, you know, had more words in it. I, it spoke to me. It helped me so much. Now, let me read the Scripture to you, and, and I'll explain what it, what it means. And I really hope that it, it can help someone tonight. In Proverbs 18, 9, the Amplified, it says, He who is loose and slack in his work is brother to him who is a destroyer or saboteur. The, another translation, NLT says, A lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. So it's making a comparison said so you just this is what you are if you're this lazy person you're just like a destroyer you 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 destroy things you tear things down rather than build things up so it's making this comparison and then it went into the second part and it says he who does not use his endeavors to heal himself is brother to him who commits suicide and you know i thought oh my word you know, if you know better and you know what to do and you're not trying to do it, not at least at least trying to get up from the hardship or whatever has harmed you, it's like you're spiritually suicidal. But see what the Lord spoke to me, because I was trying. I was showing up to church. I wasn't right. I was my heart was messed up, but I was saying, God, show me. You make something up and I'll repent of it. <laughs> I was trying, I wanted a way out. I wanted to recover. I wanted, I wanted hope. I wanted an exit of hope. God showed me the way. And what the Lord showed me there was, that I, he said, son, you're not spiritually suicidal. You're going to make it. But the other thing he spoke to me says, the things that you know to do, you need to be doing to recover yourself. So that's why it spoke to me that this enduring hardship process has to be a controlled process. We need to keep, you get knocked down, you get back up. You get knocked down, you get back up. You bloody your nose, you wipe it off, you get back up. You don't quit. The Lord never quits. He doesn't want you to ever give up. Are you with me? You get to choose the pathway. You get to choose the path that you are running life in. Now, are I know y'all have all chose the right path because you're here tonight, okay? Is that right? I'm preaching to the people that are on the film, okay, that are online. But don't ever, if you find yourself in that situation, just realize this. God's not giving up on you. He never gives up on you. Don't give up on yourself. Choose the right path. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. I hope you're getting something out of this. Praise God.